Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast with the listeners in more than 100 countries. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning global PR agency specialized in hospitality and travel. And I'm Michael Anstendig, editor-in-chief of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning co-author of The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, and a food and beverage writer. Helping the community has always been part of our agency's mission. We understand that a lot of business owners, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, and others might not have the resources to hire a PR agency. So we created our podcast so that our listeners can get to know leading reporters and writers and start building relationships. Each week, our media guests from around the globe share their practical advice on how hospitality and travel professionals can be spotlighted in their stories. In fact, one of our loyal listeners got featured in the New York Times after listening to our podcast and following our media guests' tips. So, you could be next. Also, please send your favorite pitching tips from the episode to hello at hanaleecommunications.com for a chance to win a copy of our agency's book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail. And now, moving on to the show. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Jake Eman, a freelance writer who covers travel, food, and drinks for media outlets like Barron's, Inside Hook, Travel and Leisure, Find Pair, and Imbibe. Hi, Jake. So great to see you. Welcome to the show. So, Jake, you are a globetrotter and visited more than 30 countries on six continents. What do you like most about travel? Well, first, I'll just say that uh, those are only the countries I've visited distilleries in. So I've visited distilleries in 30 countries. Otherwise, I don't keep count of the countries I've been to. I, I purposefully try to keep that for myself. Uh, but yeah, I, I love staying on the road and traveling as much as I can. It's always, you know, getting a chance to experience something new, uh, meeting new people around the world, seeing what they're interested in, learning about what they're, uh, what they're passionate about, trying new food, uh, you know, sampling new drinks, uh, seeing new sites. Uh, I, I love, uh, the feeling of going someplace new and, and really having to dive in without knowing what you're doing or where you're going. And, you know, ideally putting your phone down while you're figuring that out as well. And, and getting a chance to actually experience uh, experience something that's just you know brand new and and pushing your boundaries a little bit. I mean, seeing the world seems like an absolute dream job. So, how did you get this gig? How'd you get into writing? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, totally backwards. Uh, I didn't study journalism in college or anything like that. Uh, I went to NYU and I went there for sports management. Um, but while I was there, uh, you know, I was really encouraged to pursue writing by several professors. And, uh, I did not act on that right away, but it was, you know, advice that I kind of thought about for a while. And eventually I ended up in sports writing. And, and from there, you know, my passion for, for drinking whiskey really turned into a high, uh, side hustle for, for drinks writing and, and things kind of snowballed from there. And, uh, I never really looked back. 
Wow. From drinking whiskey hobby to real professional job. Love it. So as a freelancer, you write for so many publications, including Barons and Inside Hug and Travel and Leisure. For our listeners, can you walk us through each one, who their audience is, and what you specifically cover for each outlet? Sure, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Barron's uh, is one of my main outlets, and they're really about luxury lifestyle. Uh, obviously, they started as a, as a financial magazine, and so that's kind of their target audience there is original investors and people interested in the financial markets. Uh, but when they launched the lifestyle side, side of things, it's really about you know applying uh, that kind of approach to, to luxury travel. Uh, so it's all about you know traveling the world, going to new destinations. I do a lot of destination guides, destination stories for them. Uh, my most recent piece was on uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, uh, but I do a lot of city guides. And uh, actually today I was writing a story for them working on my laptop here just about Cairo, Egypt, where I just was. So yeah, it's a lot of destination guides for them, but I also do drinks and spirits coverage, uh, uh, predominantly uh, trends pieces for them and, and kind of big picture industry stories. Uh, Inside Hook, uh, my writing for them is much more first person experiential. Uh, it's predominantly an outlet for guys, but I mean, all readers are, are welcome, of course. And uh, I'm a fan. <laughs> thank you. Uh, we'll take everyone we can get. Um, but yeah, you know, it's really the writing I enjoy doing for them is really, again, first person experiential. I like to bring my readers, uh, hopefully with me to the places I'm writing about and make it as, you know, informative and experiential as possible and, and very narrative driven. Uh, so I, I really enjoy writing those stories for them. And uh, travel and leisure, I try to check in from time to time as I'm uh, traveling the world and reporting on interesting things that I find. Uh, my most recent story for them, I think, that went up was about a, uh, a town in Sweden, Karunitz in Swedish Lapland. And uh, the entire town uh, was moved as a result of the massive mine that's underneath the town. Uh, so the mine had to pay billions of dollars to pick up the whole town and move it uh, part and parcel across the street, basically a bit farther than that. Uh, but it was kind of an interesting story, and I happened to be there in, in the Lapland region when they inaugurated the new town. Uh, so it was kind of an interesting uh, experience, and I didn't know anything about it until I went there. Uh, but that's the whole point of, of traveling to these places. You don't, you don't always know uh, the stories you're going to find until you, until you go there and get your boots on the ground. What does the pitch process look like with all of your editors? Uh, totally different from one outlet to the next, I would say. Um, and, you know, what's interesting for me is I often apply the lessons I learn pitching my editors uh, to the way I would also like to be interacted with when I hear from PR professionals or somebody on that side of the fence as well. Uh, so that means, you know, I'm tailoring uh, my pitches to different editors in different ways, knowing they might want uh, a, a different version of the same story said in a different voice with different details in a different format. Uh, so it's really trying to make something as specific as possible, even if it's on the same subject or the same place or the same whiskey or whatever it may be, but really tailoring that, honing it to a specific person and outlet, uh, knowing what they're interested in and, and hopefully making it a good match for them. So my burning question is, do you actually get to choose your travel destinations or are you assigned where you go? Uh, a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally I would, you know, kind of put myself into a region, let's say Southeast Asia and stay there for six months and make my travel schedule very easy and manageable and, and go from one country to the next in that region. Uh, realistically though, it's more like, uh, hopping around from one continent to the next and back and forth and, and all over again. 
so my mentality right now is that uh, I say yes to opportunities. And that means when uh, something comes up that has me flying around the world, even if I don't want to, uh, I'll take advantage of that opportunity and, and go to that next place. So uh, I do get to pick and choose here and there. And I like to build uh, my itineraries around trips that I have lined up. Uh, so, for example, uh, I'll be visiting Japan next month. And once I'm there, as I mentioned, I'll, I'll be tacking on my trip and spending a few months in the region uh, to try to maximize my time and, and you know, really experience uh, everything that I can when I'm there. Let's elaborate and drill down into that. Yeah. Uh, what kinds of stories are you going to be working on for the remainder of the year? Oh, for the remainder of the year, I mean, that's a, uh, that's a busy lineup for sure. Um, but a, a couple of, of big uh, topics of interest for me are always, um, in terms of the drinks, uh, drinks world, I look at big picture trends. Uh, that's both on the consumer side, uh, the bar world side, and uh, the industry B2B side as well. Uh, so I, I think about, uh, for example, a few trends pieces I recently wrote for Vine Fair uh, as an example of the types of stories I'm often uh, trying to tell. Uh, one of which was basically about uh, RTDs, but about spirits-based RTDs and how, uh, ironically, uh, in the world of spirits-based RTDs, a beer company, Anheuser-Busch, and a wine company, uh, Gallo, uh, they're dominating the, the spirits-based RTD uh, world right now. Uh, so I did a trend story kind of analyzing that and looking at how that came to the forefront. Um, and that's the kind of story in the drinks world I love uh, really digging into, uh, talking to sources, unearthing the, the, hidden, the hidden story behind what's going on there. And on the travel front, uh, again, it's those destination stories. Uh, so I mentioned I'll be visiting Japan, and so I'll be writing stories about Tokyo, uh, which is a city I know and love and have been to many times. But also I'll be heading to, for example, Okinawa for the first time. I've never been there. Um, and so I'm really excited to go there for the first time, explore it, uh, and hopefully come away with some great information I could write about as well. Sounds like a great plan. So any plan for visiting Mexico? Uh, Mexico, yes. Uh, so actually, I'm headed to uh, Mexico City next week, and I'll be spending a few weeks down in Mexico City. Next week? Yes. All right. I'm going to send you some emails about <laughs> some recommendation where you can go and enjoy dining and drinking and eating. We know a few good spots. That's why it's always great to chat with you guys. You always have some insider information for me. So um, in addition to bar scene, you constantly cover hotels around the globe. So what do you like most about hotels? Oh, well, uh, it's really that sense of indulgence a little bit. And, and uh, you know, even though I'm working on the road and, and you all are working as you're traveling as well, uh, I try to take the opportunity when staying at a hotel to allow myself a little bit of that indulgence. Uh, that might just mean, you know, putting on that comfortable robe and hanging out for a little bit on my laptop answering emails, but, you know, doing so uh, on that plush bed in that robe. Or, you know, I'll tell you one of my uh, guilty pleasures of hotel life is, you know, the room service club sandwich. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I I don't eat club sandwiches at home. I don't order them out at restaurants, but give me a room service club sandwich. And and, and again, while, you know, sitting in that robe, ideally, and uh, I'll be a happy traveler. It's a good combination. Yeah, you know, those little moments uh, of enjoyment, um, indulgence uh, that really, you know, center myself a little bit. And uh, these days, though, I, on the entirely opposite front, I'm a huge sucker for a great hotel gym. Uh, being on the road full time, I don't have an opportunity to, to be anywhere that's quote unquote home and to use that gym or whatever the case may be. Uh, so, you know, give me a great hotel gym and uh, then let me retire to the comfortable robe afterwards. And boom, that's just uh, that that's the uh, the double the double dip right there. I love that. 
Yeah, I mean, for us too, whenever we travel, we are looking for a hotel that has a swimming pool because we love swimming and it's like a total workout for us. Absolutely. As you know, uh, 50 Best, the prestigious organization known for recognizing excellence in bars and restaurants, you know, made an announcement that they're expanding to the hotel world this year with the world's 50 best hotels in September. Yes. This is really a great time for the hotel industry to get the spotlight. And, you know, we're very excited about this new level of recognition for hotels that are doing interesting things in the space. Absolutely. So excited to see like September. Let's see who's going to be made to top 50 best. That's great. And you know what? Uh, I think there's so much overlap between uh, the hotel world as well as the bar world, which we know and love, and the restaurant world as well. And, and these days, more than ever, so many of the bars on that world's 50 best list around, around the world, especially I found, though, in Asia and Southeast Asia, they're, they're at luxury hotels. Um, these are organizations who, uh, first and foremost, are dedicated to hospitality, uh, to customer service, to going that extra mile for their guests. Uh, so I think it makes a lot of sense that uh, many of the world's best bars, restaurants, hotels are all linked up already. Uh, so, yeah, it's great that uh, they'll be getting their own list uh, with the world's 50 best as well. So, by the way, speaking of hotel, I have to give you a scoop. Okay. There is a beautiful hotel opening in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's called Hotel Clio. Is launching this spring. So I will be sending you some information about it. And by the way, have you ever been to Knoxville? I have been to Knoxville, actually, um, but I would love to go back. And uh, it's very close to some great national parks, uh, the Great Smoky Mountains down there. Uh, so, yeah, last time I was there, I did some hiking. Uh, I enjoyed the, uh, the college town around Knoxville a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to get back and uh, learn more about the, uh, the property down there for sure. All right. Invitation is on its way. And actually, we went to Knoxville last year. And since we've been working with some of the really great people downtown Knoxville, we fell in love with this beautiful city and beautiful people, not to mention Smoky Mountain. So when you go there next time, we're going to have to arrange your visit to the Negroni bar called Brother Wolf. Amazing. We have to get you there for Negroni and then nice hotel room with a beautiful ropes to one. <laughs> Sounds perfect. And then some hiking in Smoky Mountain. Best of everything right there. I love it. Yes. So what kind of advice would you have for uh, hotels and hoteliers in emerging cities to get on your radar? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what, what most captures my attention right now, um, is, you know, one, we already mentioned that, that dedication to hospitality and customer service, uh, that's a little bit hard to express, you know, over, uh, an email or something like that, but, but learning a little bit about, uh, the extra steps that, that a hotel or the staff might take, uh, to go that extra mile for, for guests and, and the kind of experiences they offer. That's huge to me. And on the same front, you know, unique amenities, uh, unique uh, aspects, what they're doing, you know, what sets them apart. Uh, so to your point, New York and, and London, you know, some of the world's best, great, greatest cities and, and some of the greatest hotels are there. And with so many legacy properties, you know, what is the new guy doing to stand apart? Um, and, you know, uh, to switch uh, tracks slightly into the drinks world, you know, something I always told craft distillers for so long was, you know, listen, uh, Jim Beam, Makers, Mark, Wild Turkey, all those guys make really, really great whiskey. They make really great Kentucky bourbon and they sell it for a great price. 
don't try to do what they're doing because you're not going to beat them at their game. You know, what can they do to be different? Uh, a different mash bill in the whiskey, a different approach, a different style of whiskey, a different barrel of maturation. Uh, so point being in the hotel game, I think it's the same. Uh, you're not going to compete with some of those legacy brands on what they do best. So what do you do? What's your personality? What are your offerings uh, that really set you apart? And I think that's the uh, that's the winning approach right there. Well, speaking of personalities, you also feature a lot of bartenders in your stories. So as you know, so many bartenders and mixologists around the globe are doing incredible and creative work. So if they don't know you yet, I know you have a go-to sources all the time, but if our listeners don't know you yet, what's the best way they can start building the relationship with you? Um, I'm pretty active on my social media on Twitter and Instagram and, and I love, uh, talking shop with bartenders as well as just other, uh, you know, avid consumers in the drink space and the fruit, food world. Um, so, you know, re- replying to my stories, asking me a question, you know, I, I love, uh, chopping it up and responding and going back and forth. And I also love viewing photos of things, new cocktails, new back bars, everything they're working on. That's all, you know, something I'd love to do and I really enjoy taking part of online. Um, I will say, uh, you know, you mentioned that I, you know, many journalists have go-to sources and, you know, that's absolutely right. And, and one thing I respond with when people mention, oh, maybe you quoted this person twice in, in a few months or something like that. Um, but, but there's a level of responsiveness and availability that makes somebody, uh, a go-to source for me. And so one of the huge factors for me for establishing a professional relationship with potentially a new bartender or bar owner is responsiveness. Um, and I've had in this, uh, in this field, lots of people love chiming in to a call out, uh, Hey, I have a cocktail. I would love to participate. I have something that matches your story. And then, uh, you don't hear from them. They go radio silent after the, that first exchange, uh, which, which leaves me in a bad position. And then maybe I go back to that original go-to source that I was trying to avoid in an effort to find somebody new point being, uh, make yourself available, um, and, and be responsive as much as possible so that uh so that we can develop a, a relationship built on some trust and uh you know i'm i'm a i'm from new jersey i'm a fan of the new york giants and uh the legendary giants coach bill parcells uh he famously said i believe it was the best ability is availability and uh to that extent i think that holds true in journalism as well you know i would love to include a new bartender uh working on a great new drink and a new place around the world i've never visited uh, but please just be responsive and make yourself uh, available in a timely and reliable manner. And that's how we can begin to build that relationship. As you said, you're very active on Instagram. And make us very jealous with all the <laughs> fancy photos on your Instagram from all of your traveling. So, you know, while you're scrolling through Instagram, what are the posts that really get you to stop and look and, you know, get your attention? You know, I'm a total sucker for, you know, the quote unquote cocktail porn, the food porn, just that like extravagantly well set up photo that just really your, your jaw drops, you're salivating. Uh, there's a real art to a lot of the creations that people are doing these days. And, and I'm continually impressed by, uh, the videos that the bar world, uh, puts together. Uh, you know, a lot of people that, that end up working behind the bar are very creative individuals and to see those same people applying what they're doing uh, to their drinks to now their social media as well is is very interesting. And uh, I, I love, you know, just anything that's eye-catching, uh, eye attention-grabbing, unique, different. Uh, and, you know, the viral trends, as silly as they may be, 
uh, I'll totally take part and, you know, scroll, 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 uh, look through everybody's renditions of those. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, it's, you know, what can you do to stand out and, um, you know, draw in those eyeballs. Absolutely. So do you mind getting DM from folks on your Instagram? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I think a DM uh, is totally a fine way to approach me uh, uh, in terms of, you know, uh, personal and professional matters. DM on Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, if that's how you get my attention, more power to you. Uh, you know, my email information is pretty well searchable as well. Uh, but I'm, I'm open to the DMs. You can feel free to slide in there, everybody. So, so go ahead at it. As you know, we call our podcast Hospitality Forward. And in your opinion, what organization or person have you recently seen innovating and moving the hospitality and travel industry forward? That's really interesting. Uh, you know, one that comes to mind for me, uh, and again, it's based on some of my recent travels, uh, is uh, Eco Spirits. And they're a venture from Proof and Company. Uh, Proof and Company itself, they're a bar and hospitality group well known for pushing forward the industry already on their own uh, for high end bar concepts across, especially Asia, Southeast Asia. Uh, you know, their bars, their concepts have become, you know, bar world favorites in that part of the world and staples of the world's 50 best uh, bars list as well. Uh, but what's interesting is they're one of their new offshoots is Eco Spirits. And uh, their concept is all about bar world sustainability. Uh, basically, they enable uh, bars to use uh, basically a system of refillable totes that replace individual single-use glass bottles. Uh, so this greatly reduces the environmental impact of the spirits they're using, starting from the shipping costs and the carbon footprint of that uh, down to the, you know, avoiding the single-use uh, glass and plastic uh, bottles themselves. Um, you know, so in the bar world, we're all looking for scalable solutions for sustainability and and this is one of the most promising that I've seen. Uh, I wrote a story about them for Vine Fair recently as well. Um, but, you know, sustainability is, I think, uh, you know, linked with hospitality as well. And in that story, I, I you know, quoted a statistic uh, that cites how many uh, consumers in the drinks world are making uh, purchasing decisions uh, that factor in sustainability in terms of what they're drinking and where they're visiting. Um, so hospitality and sustainability, those two things go hand in hand right now. Um, I'd love to see a company like EcoSpirits, you know, that's going in an entirely new direction. And, and hopefully that's a scalable solution that, that more and more people can adapt in the future. Yeah, we've been following EcoSpirits for many, many years. And it's so inspiring what they're doing. So I'm very glad that you're acknowledging their incredible and innovative work. Yeah. Now, it's my favorite question of the interview. What is your drink of choice? And if you have to choose one person to drink with, who would that be and why? That is an incredibly difficult question, or both of those questions are incredibly difficult questions. Uh, so I'm going to you know, hedge my bets on both and give you several answers for each. Um, so again, I'm a whiskey guy, so I'll always lean into just a neat pour of something uh, delightful, whether from Scotland, Kentucky, or Japan, any region around the world. Uh, but I will say my favorite cocktail of all time is the last word, uh, equal parts, gin, chartreuse, lime juice, and maraschino liqueur. Uh, that's one of my favorite cocktails right there. And, you know, whenever I'm in the mood for something special, I'll go for that. Uh, so I if I have a last word in my hand and I'm looking to enjoy that with somebody, uh, again, I'm going to cheat here. And I'm not just going to have a drink with one person. I'm going to host a dinner party. Okay. And I'm going to have a few people over, just a few select individuals. Uh, but I'm calling in uh, Ernest Hemingway. Uh, Winston Churchill, Bruce Lee, and Jimi Hendrix. 
Uh, and all of them can, of course, bring their own plus one as well, which would mix up the crowd a little bit, add some characters in there. Uh, but between those people, all of whom I've looked up to in some form or fashion uh, during my lifetime, we could talk world history, Zen philosophy, uh, music, travel, food, drink, relationships, writing, uh, just about all the good things in life and all the, the good things in life I enjoy partaking in myself. Uh, so I think the conversation and the uh, festivities would just be unmatched with that crew. That's a party. Wow. <laughs> I know we talked about some advice for those who are not in New York or London, for it, whether they are hoteliers or bartenders or chefs. So is there a top three things that you want to tell anyone who want to pitch you that they should avoid? <laughs> the don't do's. Okay, we're going we're gonna to make a lot of uh, fans and friends with the don't do's, I'm sure. Um, no, you know, I think this is very important. And, uh, you know, uh, I will say at the top of the list for me is, uh, and I don't mean this in a mean way, but uh, don't pick up the phone and call me unless we've scheduled a time to chat. Uh, you know, I, I hardly pick up the phone to talk to my parents. Sorry, guys, I do apologize for that. Um, but so I'm not picking up, uh, you know, random numbers that I don't know. Uh, I'm in my email, you know, more hours of the day than I would care to admit. Find me in there. If we schedule a time to chat, great. But otherwise, uh, and don't take this personally, I'd prefer for you not to, to call me on the phone. Um, another thing I would say is, you know, ditch the buzzwords, the corporate jargon, uh, all of that mismatch. Be direct and forthright with your product or your service or what you're offering. You know, I can decide for myself if I think this is the quote unquote hottest this or newest that or trendiest, whatever it might be. Uh, but just tell me what the actual product, bar, service, place, hotel is and and try to cut through that clutter a little bit. I think that makes a big difference and helps for me to actually see what's what you're trying to tell me and not just what you're what you're you know uh, how you're veiling it behind all this fancy lingo. Um, and, and, you know, as a third thing, I will say, uh, I appreciate persistence. It's important. And I understand the game in terms of needing to follow up and, and, you know, go through that checklist. Uh, but if you're emailing me every single day on the same subject, uh, the only thing it's doing me, uh, doing to me is encouraging me to tune out more, I'm afraid. Uh, so, you know, give me some time to work through my inbox to process all the different things I'm doing and, and, you know, the ideas I'm sifting through and totally follow up with me and, and maybe your follow-up is what sparks my attention, uh, but there's a fine line between uh, following up and doing your due diligence and, and just, uh, you know, pestering me to an extent that it's making me difficult to, to do my job. Uh, so if uh, those three things are, are all avoided, then, then you know, you're, you're in great shape. Amazing. So before you go, when our listeners are ready to pitch you, and avoiding all of those three things that you mentioned, what's the best contact info you can provide? Sure, no problem. Uh, my email is my name. It's jake.eman at gmail.com. Feel free to get in there. And as I said, you can always slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter too. That's just fine. Uh, you can find me at ManTalkFood on both of those social networks. Jake, thank you so much for your time. It was so great to chat with you. We're even more motivated to travel the world and eat and drink and enjoy the finer things in life. And I know how busy you are. So we really appreciate your time. Travel safely. And when you come back, let's get together for a drink or two. Perhaps in Knoxville. <laughs> Sounds good. Hannah, Michael, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Last words and good conversation the next time we all link up.
Jake is such a free spirit. And now that you know what he's looking for, please feel free to reach out to him and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard him on our Hospitality Forward podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Also, for all media guests to date, you can find their information and episodes on our agency's website, www.hanaleecommunications.com. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.